What's going on? Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. It's the Pete Callender Show, but you probably already knew that. Yeah, and I'm Pete. Self-isolating for decades. You can hear the latest episode at thepetecallendershow.com and uh, any of your favorite podcasting platforms, and you can actually uh, get links to any of those at the Pete Callender uh, Show page, which is thepetecallendershow.com. Um, also, the Facebook group, The Pete Callender Show, where we solve all of the world's problems. You can uh, join there as well and think about becoming a patron. We did a um, Facebook live stream the other day, but uh, and that's going to become a regular occurrence, but it's going to be a regular occurrence on the Patreon site. So if you enjoyed that, you want to participate more in those activities, think about becoming a patron to the program, and I do appreciate that. And also, if you become a patron to the program, you know that you get the uh, the coveted bumper stickers. Mm, we got a couple. I am a giver is one of them. I'm all about solutions is the other one. And we will have more. We're going to have more merchandise as we uh, go along as well. Also, the program is, of course, made possible by the patrons like Dennis and Lori and Kristen, Les and Lori and Green and Beth. We appreciate all of your support. I appreciate your support. Christy does. Um, and obviously everybody who enjoys the podcast appreciates your support. And I understand that, you know, some folks can't support financially i get that that's totally fine um so the people who can do and then we all can enjoy uh the podcast and i can enjoy paying rent so uh who else oh mattress man of course the program would not be possible without the support of local businesses as well like mattress man stores and uh chuck the owner of mattress man stores great guy always looking to help in the community i've uh, i'm aware of a great many charitable works that he and his company do and the people that work with him uh, that they do. And I've always been honored to be able to be an ambassador for his business because it is such a great business. Christy and I actually bought our bed from Mattress Man years and years ago. Uh, we still have it. It's about seven or eight years ago we bought the mattress, and it's a uh, memory foam, and we love it. It's like a big marshmallow. You sit on a memory foam, and you just kind of sink into it, you know? So any position you sleep in, you're just – you're. We are, you know, we're supported the whole time. So uh, Mattress Man also sells inner spring, pillow top, natural latex mattresses. Uh, they also sell adjustable bases as well. And they understand that a lot of people following the directions of the CDC were all self-isolating. And so they know that a lot of folks are doing a lot of, you know, shopping online and such. And so they've overhauled their whole website and uh, they do deliveries, white glove, free local delivery okay so you can shop for the mattress online they have a 120 day comfort guarantee so if you're having problems sleeping because of all of the anxiety of what's going on a new mattress might be just the thing visit mattressmanstores.com click the shop online button and then you can order right there and again with the 120 day comfort guarantee it ensures you're going to love the mattress okay so you sleep on the right mattress Helps you combat stress and anxiety, keep you in peak optimal physical health. Okay, so the fear of choosing the wrong mattress should not add to any anxiety here. So go to mattressmanstores.com, and if you use the discount code RESTWELL, all one word, RESTWELL, 
R-E-S-T-W-E-L-L, Restwell, all one word. Use that as the promo key, the discount code, and you can get an additional 20% savings site-wide, okay? You can buy online the inventory that they have in stock at the stores. they got four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. Uh, they do ship nationwide. I was talking to Chuck a couple of days ago, and he said uh, they shipped a mattress to, I think he said Iowa or Idaho. It was one of those states. Yeah, he was surprised. He's like, I don't know how you know they chose us, but they chose us through the miracle of the Internet. Um, so experience the difference at Mattress Man. Mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. We have our first cases of COVID-19 in Buncombe and Henderson counties. We had some, yes, we had some earlier, but like there was one person who came here, got tested, and then went back to self-isolate in Macon County. So it wasn't really this, they don't count that as a Buncombe County case. And then there was another case that came from New York. Somebody came down here from New York. They went to Cherokee County. They tested positive. And so now they're self-isolating in Cherokee County. But because they're a New York resident, that's where the case apparently goes to, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, I do know that's where they track the case from. They they put it in New York's column. But uh, so there were those two cases before. But now we actually have a couple of cases at a March 21st press conference over the weekend here. Uh, public health officials from Buncombe and Henderson counties announced that one person in each of these counties, so one from Buncombe, one from Henderson, had both tested positive for COVID-19, although a case of the disease caused by the novel, is it novel or novel? Novel, which I think just means new, right? The novel coronavirus, like the new coronavirus. Coronavirus, I don't like the term because it's not precise. It Coronavirus is just like saying a virus. It's just a type of virus. It's like a big general heading, you know, sorry, I'm digressing, but the, um, this COVID-19, this is, um, so they were talking about the pre, this is a press release I'm reading, it was a previous case, um, these are the first confirmed in residents of Buncombe County and Henderson County, so that's what makes these two announcements different, so Dr. William Hathaway is the chief medical officer at Mission Health, and he said that both patients had come through a mission, uh, come through mission facilities for testing, but would not comment further regarding their status. The health directors of Buncombe County and Henderson County uh, both said that the patients are in isolation and that health workers are identifying and notifying their close contacts. No further details have been provided about the whereabouts, the activities, or the timelines of the cases that are under investigation. The press conference was actually streamed via Facebook with no members of the media permitted to attend in person and officials did not take questions via phone or internet comment during the event. This is according to the Mountain Express story, which Mountain Express, I believe they laid off most, if not every one of their staff. I think they probably, well, I shouldn't say all of them because obviously somebody wrote this piece, but they fired like everybody. Temporarily, they say they hope to hire them all back. This is why I keep saying this, this This can't last. This can't last. People, like, it'll turn into pitchforks and torches at some point. People are just going to stop listening to whatever guidance is being provided if it comes down to them not being able to put food on the table for their families. And 
Um, I don't know when that occurs. For some people, it already has. Uh, you know, Krista and I have tried to help out where we can. But, you know, I got laid off too, so we're not exactly flush with cash. We haven't been for a couple months now either. So, uh, you know, I get it. We get it. Um, there are food pantries that people are uh, that people have set up as well. Uh, I think there was one I saw a brewery, uh, a couple breweries, I think, here in Asheville got together and they're doing some sort of a, you know, need something, take something, have something, give something kind of a deal. Um, there's also the website AshevilleStrong.com where you can go and purchase gift cards for people that need them, which is very helpful. Uh, you know, gift cards from restaurants, I should say. You know, we did that. We, Christy and I went down to Biltmore Village a couple of uh, nights ago. You know, it was for our our uh, anniversary. It's our 10-year anniversary. So, yeah, we, <laughs> we didn't, didn't get to go anywhere for that. Which, you know, looking back on it now, 2020 hindsight, we had, um, you know, I got laid off in January. And if I had not gotten laid off, Christy and I probably would have purchased some tickets to go someplace for our 10th anniversary because we were talking about doing something like that. Uh, we hadn't finalized any plans. It was just sort of like, yeah, maybe we should, you know, go take a trip. And for us, that's a big deal. We don't really, I don't, we don't ever take trips. We just don't get up and take trips. It's something that I think we thought we would do more that, um, you know, when we uh, were now both living and working in the same city, <laughs> because for a long time we were working and living in different cities and going back and forth between the two. But now that we're both here in Asheville, I think we were like, oh, yeah, we'll be able to travel more. Of course, that was we haven't even been here a full year yet. So that this was one of the things we were looking to do for our 10-year anniversary. But then I got laid off, and so we never bought any tickets, obviously. You know, like everything goes, you know, by the wayside. And um, and so maybe it was sort of a, a blessing in that we didn't buy the tickets because had we bought all of the tickets, we would have been out all of that money. So, like, I completely understand people who have, you know, they spent a bunch of money, they made all of these plans, and now everything has been wrecked. And, you know, let's be clear, it's because government is telling us, whether you agree with it or not, it's because government is telling us to self-isolate and, you know, socially distance. And then uh, there are all these orders now to uh, limit gatherings and restaurants are closed and everything else in North Carolina and other states. I mean, I saw over the weekend, California and New York, basically they're going on lockdown, telling everybody to shelter in place. So... I understand there are I understand people saying they think this is all hype and it's overblown. And I I would like to be able to say you're right or you're wrong. But I don't know because I can't tell the future. And anybody who tells you that they can, they're lying to you. Everybody is making guesses at this point. Some are more informed than others. Some are informed by nothing more than opinion. Some are informed by politics and some are informed by data and medicine and their experience. Uh, but everybody is just right now predicting things. So nobody knows what's going to happen. I'm not going to pretend that I do either. I'm just, you know, former radio guy with a with a podcasting show. <laughs> like that's that's it. That that. That's my expertise here. I do a lot of reading and research. That's all I can do and listen to various people with different opinions. But I don't know. I would like to be able to tell you that it is all overreaction and hype because that would mean far fewer people you know, are dead and we can get back to our normal lives much more quickly. That'd be fantastic. Fantastic. 
I can't make that promise. I can't make that prediction because I don't know. And I'm not going to be somebody who gives you bad information that you then act on and then kill somebody or yourself because you spread the, uh, the virus. So I am self-isolating. As I say this, Christy is actually out walking around uh, taking pictures of, you know, all of the closed up places and everything. So she'll probably pick it up someplace and bring it back to me. Um, that's probably how that, <laughs> that's probably how that'll go. Um, so let's see here. We've got, uh, this is, I'm trying to find the name here. This is Steve Smith, who is, uh, I guess, uh, after a, a successful career in the NFL, he is now the, uh, health director at Henderson County. No, I'm kidding. But it, his name is Steve Smith. And he says, I want to be blunt and frank about this point. I have been asking you about this and I have been recommending this, but today I am telling you to stay home if you are sick. And that is really good advice. The problem here, obviously, is how do you know if you're sick? Because sometimes with this COVID-19, it's not entirely obvious. Right? This is part of the issue. Is that people don't have symptoms for days and days. Some of them almost two weeks. Meanwhile, they're contagious. They have the virus. They're spreading it all around. But they have no idea that they're sick. And then all of a sudden they feel sick. Then they try to get tested, and of course they can't get a test. And so uh, then they self-isolate. But by that point, there have been days and days or weeks even of them spreading it around. So this is part of the problem with this uh, with this flu is that it is, uh, or the virus is that it is highly contagious, contagious on surfaces, transmittable on surfaces for hours and hours and hours. I've seen some of the data on some surfaces, you know, up to like a day or something, but I don't know. Um, and all of this is sort of, you know, this is all this research and data collection. It's all happening in real time. And a lot of people, you know, we are an instant gratification society. We demand it now. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. There's this big outbreak. Well, we need some surgical masks. Where are my masks? Well, in order for you to have gotten that mask, right? Somebody had to go out and harvest the raw materials then transport those to some facility where they are manufactured into a mask, where they are then boxed in a different uh, package and then uh, transported all over the world and then uh, put on the shelves and then you purchase it. Like there's a lot of steps. If you, if you ever get a chance, go go look up on YouTube a video, Milton Friedman's video on, uh, I believe it was the Freedom to Choose. No, sorry, that was uh, Freedom to Choose. Was that Milton? Yes, yeah, I think that was Milton Friedman's thing. Was um, the uh, the pencil? Look, just Google Milton Friedman the pencil, and he shows you just a pencil, and he talks about all of the steps in the process, and it really is a remarkable thing when you think about it. the The number of steps and uh, energy and talent required to get this pencil into your hand from start to finish. From the tree and the lead and the eraser and the little metal uh, clip around the eraser, all of it, right? The, the printing on the side, all of this. How does this pencil get made? And most people never stop and think about it. Most schools will never teach you anything about that. The whole process. And it is really a, a, I mean, it's a wonder. It's almost a miracle that this stuff is able to work as well as it does and has uh, for so long. So when the 
supply chain and distribution system gets compromised as it has right now, and this is what we're going to get into uh, is uh, on the show today, is that um, all of a sudden people who are just always used to having the pencil in their hand now don't have the pencil in their hand and they have no idea how the process even worked, so they don't know why the pencil isn't in their hand. Uh, Fletcher Tove. Fletcher Tove is Buncombe County's Emergency Preparedness Coordinator who urged Buncombe residents to remain calm and comply with public health directives over the next several weeks. We often speak about how the threat of COVID-19 is unprecedented, Tove said. But what's also unprecedented is the way in which we are uniting as a local and a global community. This affects all of us. And this is the time to come together as one bunkum. We really care. This is true. There has been, it's one of the nice things about all these types of uh, crises that occur, you know, whether they're man-made or, or natural disasters. It's one of the things that you see, you, you, you do get glimpses of the best of humanity. That is true. And there are a lot of people uh, that have, uh, uh, you know, sort of, you know, locked arms and said, you know, we're in this together. Let's all help each other. Uh, and that part is, that part is great. And uh, I encourage all of that. Um, well, ex- ex- except with China. Like that, I, I don't, I don't have any patience for them in any of this situation right now. I really don't. And uh, what's making it even worse, uh, my feelings uh, on China, what's making them even more pronounced and, and it's sort of radicalizing me towards them is... Um, is the propaganda effort that I'm watching all over social media as their officials are blaming the American military and suggesting like we did something to launch this all. And now they're like swooping in. Oh, let us provide you with the ventilators. Oh, we'll give you the masks. Let us be the white knights riding in to save the day. It does take some chutzpah, right? It really does. The, the, the audacity of it. But uh, according to, uh, there's a piece here that I got, and I'm going to get to it uh, in a bit here. This is uh, from the, uh, is it the Financial Times? No, it was not Financial Times. It was, gosh, I got so many things here. Yes, the, uh, yeah, Foreign Affairs. Foreign Affairs, the coronavirus could reshape the global order. And uh, it's written by a couple of lefties. So, of course, then, you know, they're not really understanding Trumpism <laughs> that comes through in the uh, in their piece. But uh, they do, they do recognize that and uh, that China recognizes the value of being seen, at least the PR, the optics of being seen as uh, as a savior in these troubling times. And this, of course, gives rise to all sorts of conspiracy theories that, hey, you know, maybe China unleashed this on all of us on purpose and did so so they could be the saviors that ride in and, you know, give everybody the masks and ventilators and respirators. And then everybody's like, we love you, China, instead of blaming them for their response, because make no mistake about it. We are in this situation where we are a global pandemic, a recession, possibly a depression that's coming. And it's because of China, because of the way they behaved in the early days of the COVID-19 outbreak. So, uh, and by the way, they they recognize this. It's why they're all over the social media platforms 
And the social media platforms, who have taken tons of money from China, uh, they, uh, they allow it to occur. Meanwhile, they're shutting down Americans and Europeans. They shut those folks down for, you know, uh, spreading fake news and such. But China is free to engage in its propaganda on the social media sites, which to me, eh, it's a little, I don't know, unseemly to me. It's a little unethical, but that's just me. What do I know? You know, I'm just a podcaster. Here is RealClearPolitics.com. It's a piece by Michael Oslin, who is a fellow at the Hoover Institution, um, which is at Stanford University. He's also the author of Asia's New Geopolitics. He says, while the world fights the coronavirus pandemic, China is fighting a propaganda war. Beijing's war aim is simple. Shift away from China all blame for the outbreak, the botched initial response, and its early spread into the broader world. At stake is China's global reputation as well as the potential of a fundamental shift away from China for trade and manufacturing. Also at risk is the personal legacy of General Secretary Xi Jinping, who has staked his legitimacy on the technocratic competence of his crew. Uh, after dealing with the first great global crisis of the 21st century, the world must fundamentally rethink its dependence on China. This is what Donald Trump has actually been talking about. And I recognize how that sounds to folks who don't like Donald Trump, and maybe you think I'm a big Trump fan, which I'm I'm not. I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but I recognize what it was that he was arguing for when it came to China, which was that we need to break our dependency on China for all of these things that we are dependent on them for. When he talked about bringing manufacturing jobs home, this is what he was talking about. Now, did I believe that he had a plan to do it? No, I don't. I didn't. I still don't. But I do appreciate that he sees it as a national security issue. And if you don't see it as a national security issue by now, I don't know what other evidence you need than a pandemic. Because China controls, you know, how much of the uh, market would you think China controls when it comes to the production of, um, of like aspirin? It's almost 100%. They make almost all of it. That's a problem. Don't you think that's a problem? I think that's a problem. And I understand specialization theory, you know, with economics, free market economics that say uh, if you specialize in something, you should focus on just doing that. Even if you're able to do these other things, but not as well as somebody else. Um, you should just discard the things that you do and focus everything on the one thing you do well. And it's sort of counterintuitive to me because it's all your eggs in one basket, right? And, and I don't think that's always such a great idea, particularly when it comes to military stuff and pharmaceuticals, medicine. These are These are core things. Again, it's what happens when government grows so big and does so many things that are outside of its purview. We lose sight. We've lost sight of what it is. So, so what's government supposed to be doing? What, like, what's its core function? It's to provide the security through a framework of laws so we may live in freedom and engage in commerce. At the end of the day, that's all it's supposed to be doing. Set up a framework of laws to protect the population from, you know, enemy invaders, from insurrectionists and criminals and such, right? That's the whole point. And by allowing, uh, uh, by allowing all of these industries to move offshore, uh, I'm saying allowing them, but they, they're free to do that. But by doing that, what happens? 
We are now at the mercy of somebody else. And so I applaud. I've seen breweries that are now switching their uh, manufacturing. They're going over and making hand sanitizer. Like breweries are just now cranking out hand sanitizer, which I had no idea. I had no idea that you could, you know, drink hand sanitizer and all that. I didn't realize that was... Anyway, the uh, hand sanitizer, you also have uh, uh, people that are, are converting their manufacturing facilities so they can crank out the surgical masks the, and such, because there's such a shortage of those, particularly in the uh, in the medical field, first responders needing the medical uh, masks, uh, the face masks. Um, China apparently is riding around dropping in masks to like Iran and Italy and like, here you go, Italians. Oh, you seem very hard hit from this virus that those American military people gave you. Here is a bunch of masks. You're welcome. We love you. Signed, China. Nobody knows if Beijing's claims that uh, their new cases that they're seeing have all slowed down. This is what they're saying, right? That they had this huge ramp up, this huge spike, and now there's like, oh, now we don't have like any. I don't believe anything that comes out of China. Any of their data, I don't believe any of it at all. Why? Because they're communists. It's an authoritarian regime that suppresses speech. Here's here's all you need to know. The guy who said, hey, everybody, there's this really contagious virus. We need to stop it. We need to take... Uh, measures right now to quarantine the city and lock stuff down and we need to alert as many people as possible so everybody can start screening people coming from this area where we just had this big new year's celebration and everything that doctor that doctor was censored and then died of it in china died of the coronavirus so that's what china did to the quote whistleblower so if you believe anything they're telling you right now (laughs) you're a fool I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to know. I have no idea whether their numbers have leveled off, have declined, or gone up. I have no idea what their numbers are. I don't even know if they know what their numbers are because I don't trust anything that comes from them because of their history and their ideology. So that's the first thing. China also has enablers all over the world helping them whitewash their culpability in all of this. Michael Oslin at Real Clear Politics says World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom. Well, gosh, and that's the easier name. Tedros Adhanom. No, I don't know. It's Adhanom. Adhanom. Okay, that's the middle name. His last name? Oh, boy. Gebreyesus. I'm going to call him T-A-G. I'm going to call him TAG. Okay, those are his initials. He's the World Health Organization Director General TAG. He refused for months to declare a pandemic and instead thanked China for, quote, making us safer, a comment straight out of an Orwell novel. This is the same World Health Organization that refused to allow Taiwan membership, due undoubtedly to Beijing's influence over the World Health Organization's purse strings. Yeah, because China says Taiwan is theirs, is part of China. And so when Taiwan wanted to be admitted to the World Health Organization, China said, "Uh uh-uh, we're already a member. Yeah, Taiwan's not a separate country, so you shouldn't admit them. Any acknowledgement, basically, that they are uh, an independent nation, China opposes. So that's why World Health Organization wouldn't admit uh, Taiwan. 
Well, guess what? Taiwan recognized the Chinese lies immediately, and they took all sorts of steps immediately to lock their area down from the virus infecting them. China's response, according to the world, this is unbelievable, that the Chinese government and the World Health Organization are are promoting this lie that their response somehow bought the world time to deal with the crisis. These lines are being repeated by global officials and talking heads, and it shows just how effective and pernicious China's propaganda machine is and how they are able to shape the global narrative. The world is quickly coming to praise the Communist Party's governance model instead of condemning it, which is what should be occurring. The reality, he writes, is that China did not tell its own people about the risk for weeks, and then it refused to let in major foreign epidemiological teams, including from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Thus, the world could not get accurate information and laboratory samples early on. By then, it was too late. It was too late to stop the virus from spreading. And other world capitals were just as lax in imposing meaningful travel bans and quarantines as was Beijing. Because if Beijing wasn't doing a travel ban, why should we? And you'll recall when Donald Trump did a travel ban on China back in January, Democrats and the media, but I repeat myself, immediately did what? Called him a racist. Here comes Trump with another one of his travel bans. You know, the only reason he's doing that is because they're Chinese, non-white people. That's what they said. Joe Biden said it. Everybody was saying that Trump's a racist. This is an overreaction. We don't need to do this. They said it also when he did it on Europe. I'm not, I'm not here to praise everything that the Trump administration and the federal government has done in the early onset of all of this. However, uh, I do recognize that they did attempt to take a step by banning the travel from China. I think that was a good idea at the time, and they took a lot of flack for it, and now everybody is saying this is, uh, uh, the, the same people, rather, who were saying that that was a bad idea and it was racist at, the, at that time are now blaming him for not doing more earlier. It's almost as if he can't win. This is, this is the problem when you view everything through the prism of Trump. It's like this latest example, this, 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 uh, pharmaceutical, this uh, drug, that uh, last week Trump made some comments about how, oh, we got this new uh, drug treatment, and uh, it's, it's pretty promising, and uh, oh yeah, it's gonna, we're going to use it to treat COVID-19 uh, patients. Now, there have been media reports about this very drug, and it's got a long name, I don't remember it, but uh, there, are, there have been media reports about this being tested and used in some various circumstances, and it shows some, it shows some promise. Now, you may want to sit down for this part. The drug has side effects. I know whoever heard of a drug having side effects, except anybody who watches television and sees a commercial for any drug whatsoever, right? So apparently some people in some country in Africa responding or reacting or hearing the president's comments about this drug, they immediately ran out, stole a bunch of it or got some of this drug, ingested like a hundred times the recommended dose and died from it. And so now that's Trump's fault, too. The media is blaming Trump for these deaths for people who took an overdose of a, of a prescription drug. This is, this is what I mean. People, not everything is about Donald Trump. Some things in this story are, no doubt about it, but not everything. You can't, you can't view all of this through the prism of Trump. 
by the way, there are other people who think, you know, everything is a lie. All of this is just lies because they're viewing it through the prism of Trump as well. Oh, everybody's just doing this to take out Trump. I, 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 don't know how you, I, I don't know how you come to believe that when you've got doctors that are dying for treating patients. I don't know how you say that when Italy has started saying, you know what, anybody over the age of 60, sorry, we can't help you anymore. It, it was 80 years old. Now it's 60. I mentioned the other day, the uh, Vanderbilt Hospital in Tennessee, they, they've started putting beds in their uh, parking deck. They've set up bed space in their parking deck. Those are not the actions of professionals right? that are thinking about how does this hurt Donald Trump. Think about that. They're preparing for something, and maybe they're wrong, and God, I hope they are. Maybe maybe all of our efforts here worked. Maybe it isn't as bad as everybody thinks it could be. Maybe. Maybe it is. Maybe it's worse. I don't know. And anybody who tells you they do, they're lying to you. Because of China's initial failures, governments around the world, including democratic ones, now are being forced to take extraordinary actions that mimic, to one degree or another, Beijing's authoritarian tendencies, thus remaking the world more in China's image. Not least of the changes will be in more intrusive digital surveillance of citizens, so as to be able to better track and stop the uh, spread of future epidemics, a step that might not have been necessary if Beijing was more open about the virus back in December and if the World Health Organization had fulfilled its responsibilities earlier. Um, he goes on to say about this is uh, under the, head, the subheading of the stakes for China and globalization. The Wuhan virus has stood their nation on a razor's edge, he says, featuring uh, or sorry, fearing the world rightfully may utterly reassess modern China from its technocratic prowess to its safety, decades of a carefully curated global image may crumble if nations around the globe start paying attention to China's lax public health care, incompetent and intrusive government, and generally less developed domestic conditions. Auslan says as a global uh, reconsideration of China or a global reconsideration of China is long overdue, he says those concerned with global health issues may wonder why it is that China is racked regularly by viral epidemics in addition to coronavirus. Like, why is that? So if you if public health is one of your you know hot button issues, why do all of these things come out of China? Why is that? It's their it's their quote wet markets. It's this wildlife farming that they do. And then they they sell them in these markets where they stack animals on top of each other in cages where they urinate and defecate and spit and everything else, you know, all on top of one another. And then they take the animals, they slaughter them right there. Now you got blood all in the mix, the spray going on, all of this just fluid mixing with everything. And then people are eating this stuff. And apparently it's only, from what I've seen, it's only really the sort of upper crust in the Chinese society. These are the ones who think that it's going to like make them, you know, more virile in bed, right? Like that, that's, that's what all of this stuff is about. All these people, oh, they have these natural, you know, properties that make you a stud in the bedroom. So here, eat this iguana or something. And, um, it, none of that works, right? I mean, that's, 
it, it doesn't work, but that's what they believe. And so because they're the elites, they get to keep having their wet markets. When SARS broke out, China shut down a lot of these markets. But over the years since SARS, they've now reopened them. So why do they keep reopening these things? Why do they keep allowing this to happen? Many foreign corporations today have been reconsidering their operations in China due to rampant intellectual property theft and rising production costs. By the way, that's a whole other topic. I mean, it's a whole show, what, what China has been doing on IP theft. And for years and years and years, there was this belief that, okay, well, you know, China's developing. And so if we just let them do this for a little while... It, it, I know it stinks. They're ripping us off. They're stealing all of our intellectual property and everything. But they'll become a bigger country and they'll become, you know, a first world country. And then we can welcome them in and then we can say, stop doing this. And then they'll be like, OK, yes, we totally agree. Guys, they are communists. OK, they don't care about intellectual property. It's kind of the deal with communism. Okay, they don't care. It's not yours. They're not going to pay you for it. You came up with an idea. Fantastic. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, uh, throw you into the gulag, take your idea, and uh, we'll use it and make ourselves more powerful. Thank you. It's kind of their jam. So uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we stop letting them do that. How about just spitballing here? Okay. If coronavirus becomes a seasonal phenomenon, which I personally think that this is where it's going. I think this is what's going to happen. It's going to be just like any other flu, basically. It's going uh, it's going to recur. It's going to pop up every year. Most of the population will have already gotten it and so will be immune to some degree or another. A lot of other people will be dead from it. It will kill a lot of people every single year just like the flu does, just like, you know, pneumonia does. So it, it's just now going to be a regular part of our human existence on this planet. Thank you, people who eat bats, so you can have sex for much longer periods of time. I really appreciate what you've done uh, for the uh, for the planet there. The pandemic of 2020 has brought doubts about globalization into the mainstream. Decades of open borders, unceasing interna- uh, intercontinental travel, study abroad, just-in-time inventory systems, all of this stuff has created unexpected vulnerabilities in populations and economies thanks to unfettered openness. Perhaps the biggest long-term economic effect of coronavirus will be on long-standing assumptions about global supply chains. Speaking of supply chains, um, if you need a supply of uh, quality, actual, real military surplus, then I have got the place for you. It's Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Are you prepared for what's coming here, what we're in? Do you have the supplies you need? Do you just need some advice? Do you have some stuff and maybe you're thinking, hey, I need to know if I'm going to be good to go on this stuff. I'm not really sure. Is there anything else I need? Is this the right mask? That, that kind of stuff. Contact Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus, oldgrouch.com, oldgrouch.com. The store is located on Main Street, downtown Clyde, and uh, it's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Uh, But in, you know, the social distancing, self-isolating times that we live in, uh, maybe it's best to contact him via uh, the Old Grouch website, oldgrouch.com. Okay, Uh, but the store is fantastic. Tons of stuff in there. He gets new stuff all the time, by the way. And if he doesn't have it in his store, he's going to be able to find it for you. Go to oldgrouch.com, oldgrouch, 
Com, an old-school, traditional military surplus store with a mix of modern and vintage items. The first drug shortages due to dependence on China have already occurred, by the way. Did you know that? 80% of America's active pharmaceutical ingredients come from abroad, primarily China and India. 45% of the penicillin used in the country is made in China. Here it is, 100% of the ibuprofen. Nearly 100% of our ibuprofen is made in China. Now, I have also seen information where uh, if you think you have COVID-19, do not take ibuprofen. Apparently, ibuprofen is is bad. It uh, aggravates the uh, there. It aggravates your symptoms and such. Uh, so beware of that. I mentioned Taiwan. Taiwan has accused the World Health Organization now of failing to communicate an early warning about transmission of the coronavirus between humans, slowing the global response to the pandemic. Early on, um, early on, the WHO, they they were not telling us that it was human-to-human transmittable, okay? This is a story in the Financial Times. Health officials in Taipei said that they alerted the World Health Organization at the end of December about the risk of human-to-human transmission of the new virus, but said its concerns were not passed on to other countries. Taiwan is excluded from the WHO because China claims it is part of its territory, and China demands that uh, third countries and international bodies do not treat it in any way that resembles how independent states are treated. The World Health Organization's relationship with China has been criticized in the past, with some accusing the organization of overly praising Beijing's handling of the coronavirus outbreak, despite allegations local officials had initially covered it up. Taiwan and its doctors had heard from mainland colleagues that medical staff were getting sick. That is a sign of human-to-human transmission. Taipei officials said that they reported this to both international health regulators, uh, regulate the IHR, sorry, the International Health Regulations, which is a uh, World Health Organization framework for the exchange of uh, data. It's like 190 something countries are in there. And uh, they told this group about human to human transmission on December 31st. Taiwanese government officials told the Financial Times their warning was not shared with those other countries because if they did people might think that taiwan is not part of china this is how absurd this is right all of the all of these people who want to rip on trump for uh for his response and you know politicizing and all this stuff um hello the reason why we were put back we lost weeks we lost weeks of response time because of China and the World Health Organization. China, I get. Look, you're commies. You guys are going to behave like commies. I get it, okay? Right? Statists going to statist. So on the one hand, on one level it's it's understandable, nay, expected. But the World Health Organization? Seriously. What's up, guys? What are you what are you even doing? What's your purpose? China's health ministry only confirmed human-to-human transmission January 20th. That was after the World Health Organization said in mid-January that there may be limited human-to-human transmission, but then stepped back from that view the very same day. 
People who want to blame Trump in January for not taking it as seriously as possible, this is what the World Health Organization was saying. The World Health Organization in January would not even commit to say that it was transmittable human to human. And why didn't they say that? China. Western countries have since been accused of failing to act even when they were warned about human-to-human transmission. I have the timeline. Axios published a timeline. Here's another story. The World Health Organization said, uh, please stop calling it the Chinese coronavirus. But Axios reports, but Republicans didn't listen. Right? Everybody was so worried about calling it the Chinese flu or the China flu or the Wuhan flu. Wuhan? Wuhan? Wu, the Wu flu. I like Wu flu. Like to me, from a marketing standpoint, Wu flu, I like it. And the reason why it was referred to as the Wuhan flu, Wuhan flu, is because that's the area of China it came from. It's not racist. It's identifying where the flu came from because that's where it was first seen. And when it was behaving differently than other types of flus that others had seen, People say, oh, yeah, well, this is a particular strain of the flu. Oh, really? Where is it occurring? That's like usually what happens. Oh, where did it pop up? Where did you first see it? Oh, we saw it in this population in the Wuhan province. Okay, so that Wuhan flu. That's how they get their names. That's how viruses and plagues and uh, diseases and all of this stuff have gotten their names throughout the course of human history. So not racist. But China wants it to be seen as racist so this way they can disassociate the flu from them. So when they, so first they start saying it's racist to call it the China flu or the Wuhan flu. Don't call it that. And then they start blaming the U.S. military. They start this propaganda effort saying that the American military spread it in the Wuhan province, which is, as far as I can tell, that is a lie. And so they're spreading this lie. And that's when Trump turns around at his press conference a few days ago and says, uh, it's the China flu. And everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said Wuhan flu or China flu. I can't believe he said it. that's racist. It's not racist, first off. Second of all, he was very clear why he said it. Because they asked, don't you think that's insensitive and he, or inappropriate? And he said, no, I think it's insensitive that they're blaming our military for it. It was a direct response to what China said. He's fighting a propaganda war against China. Do you recognize that media? Are you guys aware of that? There's a propaganda fight occurring right now. And if you don't recognize that, first off, you don't need to be telling us anything. Okay? You should not be a reporter covering this story if you don't understand that you are the target of manipulation by the Chinese government. Not only the Chinese government, but the Chinese government is attempting to manipulate you. And they're using social justice warrior language to do so because they know that's what trips your trigger. They know this about you. See, commies are going to commie, guys. This is what they do. This has always been what they do. Um, what else? Oh, the American media is in a Chinese finger trap, says Stephen L. Miller at the American Spectator. Uh, in a piece uh, written last week, he says, imagine if during the height of the Cold War, a media already combative against President Reagan was also heavily invested in the Soviet Union financially. Pretend the Soviet Union could leverage vast amounts of propaganda using our entertainment, news, and print media just as Reagan told them to tear down the Berlin Wall. 
Due to either a complicit corporate media in America, China is presently engaged in a highly organized propaganda war against the United States, not dissimilar from this analogy of the Soviet Union. As COVID-19 spreads across the U.S., mainstream outlets are publishing Chinese state apologia across the web, and China is leveraging their clear influence over these markets using the Hong Kong protest blackouts as a blueprint. In recent weeks, three major news uh, national news outlets are guilty of this. The only question remains why. He then goes through and documents some of this stuff. The New York Times uh, is to uh, is a culprit of, of this. NBC News repeatedly. Um, Chinese Information Minister Zhao Lijian um, went onto Twitter and said the coronavirus was created and dispersed in Wuhan by the United States Army. NBC News echoed that baseless accusation. The Washington Post as well. Uh, Miller writes, first, the virus did in fact originate in Wuhan. Second, uh, Chinese officials pointing the finger at the United States, claiming that America weaponized the virus against China. That's the first accusation. That's the one that Trump was responding to. Again, third and most important, the Chinese did engage in a cover up to conceal the spread and lethality of the virus. Dr. Li Wenlang uh, who described, uh, or sorry, who himself died of COVID-19, alleged that he was silenced as he attempted to warn the Western media of the virus and the Chinese government's role in covering up the spread. He was detained by state medical officials and police, where he was forced to sign a statement declaring his comments were unfounded rumor. Why are major media outlets in the United States running interference for the Chinese government? Several newspapers and cable news channels scramble to decry any use of Wuhan virus. They call it xenophobic. They call it racist. After weeks of deploying the term themselves, these very people use this very term. This appeared to be a coordinated effort to deflect blame from China. Now, maybe you've been trying to buy or sell a house and your real estate agent has been deflecting blame. I don't know to whom, maybe to China, maybe to something else. Um, but if you want to get your house sold, and I understand right now not a lot of people are uh, uh, are thinking this is the time to buy or sell, but I was talking with Rowena Patton the other day and on her program, uh, and she was talking about how their web traffic has gone through the roof. I guess, and maybe it's just people sitting around looking at homes in their free time while they're self-isolating, right? That might be it. Um, but I think there's also a lot to be said for the Federal Reserve interest rate cuts that just came down, and I think... People are still generally optimistic that we are going to emerge from this. And when we do, there may be a lot of people who are thinking, you know what? I want a bigger house. I want to be out in the middle of nowhere now. I don't want to be around other people. Let me go ahead and self-isolate in my next house instead of being uh, so close to other people. Or let me get out of this apartment and move to my own house so I have more space in case something like this ever happens again. Whatever the reason, okay, call Rowena Patton. When you're ready to buy or sell, call the only agent that I would call. Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team at 333-4483, 333-4483, or just bookmark the website, uh, the webpage, mountainhomehunt.com, mountainhomehunt.com. Oh, and by the way, while you're over there, you can, uh, you can look at some of the stories they've got. Uh, they've got another website, which is just strictly dedicated to uh, what they do for homes, listingstoryboard.com, listingstoryboard.com, and you'll see 
all of these tours, these uh, walking tours and the drone footage of all of the houses and such. It's really cool. And if you got some time, which I think a lot of people do, you know, <laughs> we've got a lot of time on our hands. Go check out some houses. If the Chinese government spent as much time working on educating its people and regulating dangerous markets as it does on uh, secrecy and propaganda efforts, maybe it wouldn't have to worry as much about diseases being named after it. Okay, that's not my that's not my line. That's that's David Harsanyi at National Review. He says the World Health Organization and other sensitive souls have instructed us to stop referring to this new strain as the Wuhan or Chinese flu because of the racist connotations. I'm disinclined to curb my speech to placate Chinese propagandists, and it seems to me the aversion to these terms is less about racism than about averting blame. But in the spirit of comity and avoiding disparaging an entire nation, I am happy to call it the Chicom flu moving forward. And I think I mentioned this the other day. I agree, uh, but I would call it just purely for alliterative purposes, the Chicom crud. The Chai Kam crud. Communist Chinese have been far more effective in stopping the spread of information about the coronavirus than in stopping the spread of the coronavirus itself. Did you know, by the way, that China just expelled virtually all American journalists from the country? Because that's what you do, you see, when you want to uh, help the world battle the virus, right? You want, you, you see, you help. Uh, arm people with as much information as possible by kicking all of the journalists out of your country. I mean, that's what I've heard at least. <laughs> all right, that's about it for us today. If you like the show and this content that we're doing here, please subscribe to the podcast. It's very simple to do. Go to the Pete Callender Show, and there are a ton of links there for all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Give it a thumbs up, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.